Hello, welcome to This Week in Wrestling on the A to the K Wrestling Show. Let's kick off with Monday Night Raw, the card for the past week. John Cena is back. Or whatever it says. Um, to kick off the show. Um, and basically, his promo is, he calls Reigns an asshole. So, good in my book. We then get Johnny Drip Drip teaming up with AJ and Omos against Riddle and the Viking Raiders with Riddle and the Raiders getting the win. We have a Symphony of Destruction match, Anthony. We haven't seen them in like a minute. And it's uh, Elias again in a losing effort again to Jackson Riker again. Like, why does that dude keep doing Symphony of Destruction matches? He doesn't win any of them. I don't know. I know. Um, you think it'd be his niche as well. I know, right? You know, because he plays a guitar, so therefore a whole sympathy. Well, I assume that's why they're doing the music symphony connection. Sense. I mean, it must you know, be. It's kind of like having a casket match and expect an Undertaker to lose every time. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Like, if any, surely you should be good at it, right? Um, I mean, them. yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, we then get we're Charlotte Flair. To the, the pinnacle where it's going to be like Elias versus Rick Boogs in a Symphony of Destruction match. No, no, That's the pinnacle, so pinnacle are on AEW, Anthony. Oh, sorry, um, man. <laughs> we then had Charlotte Flair's coronation, which gets interrupted by Ray Ripley. Shock we have Natalia and Tamina teaming up against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler with Natty and Tamina getting the win. Reginald wins the 24-7 title after Nia Jax kicks him to the curb. I mean, I need to ask you something about that as well. We'll get okay. to that. Okay. Uh, we had a number one contender match. Sheamus having to put his number one contendership on the line, even though he's the champion. It doesn't really make sense. But basically, Umberto Carrillo, if he would have beat Sheamus, would have been the number one contender, and he didn't, so he's not. So that was worthwhile. We had Bobby Lashley in an open challenge. And Keith Lee returns, Anthony. Yay! Keith Lee's there. Uh, and he loses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then just when you thought that was uh, that was bad, then Goldberg comes out and uh, yeah. yeah, gets in Bobby Lashley's face. So I know you will have loved that. So I'm keen to hear your thoughts on that in a minute. Well, um, as long as we know who's next, I'm fine. <laughs> We then uh, had Jinder Mahal's birthday celebrations getting interrupted by Drew McIntyre, who kills a guy. Um, we had Karrion Cross, Karrion Cross on the main roster making his debut. What? NXT champion taking on Jeff Hardy, and Jeff Hardy wins. So welcome to the big time, Karrion. Um, we get Alexis Playground with Eve Marie and Dewdrop, the segment that nobody asked for, and we still got. We have the Raw Women's title on the line in our main event with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley again because, um, you know, the 87th time is the charm. And Rhea Ripley wins by disqualification. Oh. Charlotte is the champion still. Except, wait, Nikki A.S.H. cashes in her money in the bank and wins the Raw Women's title to end this week's episode of Raw. So, quite nice an action-packed one. Um I'll run through my highlights and no shites. Uh, feel free to chime in. And if I haven't covered something, let me know. So, highlights. John Cena, man. You know, what a world of difference it is to have someone back who's actually a top star on Raw who can cut a promo. Um, and it's just, you know, damn good. And, yeah, he's back. I'm here for it. Enjoyed it. Love John Cena. Then, another highlight. Drew McIntyre kills a guy. So, like, holy shit. Um, I know he's been getting a few boos. Um, he obviously weren't happy with them boos. Yeah, this is definitely a way to get the fans to like him again. Basically, the tall guy from Jinder Mahal's little stable got about 
I want to say, 30 chair shots um, to the point he broke one of the chairs and the fans were like, do it again. So he went out and got a fresh chair and broke that one too. So by uh, the images that were put up on Twitter afterwards, uh, that guy's pretty bruised and pretty beat up. So damn, is all I'm saying. But yeah, go Drew. Go Drew, man. I hope this plays out. I think this will be a really good feud. I really do. Mm. And uh, so far, so good. It's a good way of like, it's a good feud for Drew to have, and we don't have to be all about the title scene. So um, I'm all for this. I think it could be a a really good uh, program going forward for the pair of them, especially for Jinder. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. But I think it's good that it gets Drew out of the title picture, as you say, but hopefully with fans still behind him because they'll obviously want him to beat Jinder. Um, You know, you can't hinder Jinder, but at the same time, you know, you Mm. you want Drew to win that. Um, and my final highlight for the week is Nikki, almost a superhero, is your new Raw Women's Champion. Um, and yeah, made up for it, to be honest. It's something she was never able to achieve. Totally agree. Totally um, agree. And smashed nice, it. Honestly, a nice shock um, win as well. Like, they used it really quick. Yeah. But it's good. It's something a bit different. I, I mean, mean, you can't get much more different than last year when, um, like, oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> Here's the title by... <laughs> But yeah. um yeah, this was a, I think it was a it's not like a let's walk around with the briefcase, when's she gonna do it? Cashed in straight away and fucking won it. What an absolute moment. Absolutely. I think we were all, you know, resigned to the fact that Charlotte was champ again and it was like, uh and then we had Ray Ripley and it's like for God's sake, this is never gonna end. And then at least can something I, different um, has happened. Can I throw one slightly polarizing highlight? You can. I will allow it. Because I think you're gonna disagree with me. But I like to commend effort where I believe there's effort. And I think having Rhea Ripley win by disqualification was a nice deliberate parallel to when she retained her title against Charlotte by disqualification. Mm. And I think it's uh, it was nice to see them try and pay that off in almost a, a, an attempt at some sort of long-term book in that she was sort of hoisted by her own trick this time around. Mm. I actually thought that was a nice touch. And I want to give them okay. credit because I think that was a deliberate move. Do you know what? I'll allow it, Anthony. I will allow that. Cool. But no more. I kid, no I more. kid. Um, <laughs> now, swiftly onto the O-shites. Um, oh. Stop. Stop trying to make Jackson Riker a face. Like, it's never going to happen. The crowd hate him. If anyone should be the face in this whole thing, it's Elias because Elias actually has some Why have you made this decision? I really don't know. It's baffling. And as I said before, when I did the match rundown, another Symphony of Destruction match and another loss for Elias. Like, why do we keep having them? It's clearly not his speciality match. He doesn't fucking win them. And the match itself is just stupid. It seems silly. So I've had enough of them now. Um, Speaking of things I've had enough of, Anthony, Reginald, why is he here? Um... I've mentioned he, he's had way too much TV time over the, the last few months, and now Nia Jax has finally had enough of him. And so, what does he do? He goes and wins the 24 7 title. Um, and, like, yeah, okay. He just does flippy shit. And I don't mind flippy shit. But Actually, he just. Well, this is one of the things I want too to much talk about shit. with Reginald. Because, like, don't be wrong, it's, it's somewhat impressive that he can jump that high. But then I look at it and go, should it be? Like, don't be wrong. You don't see it coming, and he can like definitely flip out of the ring and land. And you know he does land it, although sometimes it looks like his knees are gonna fucking go. But whatever. Um, and to be honest, like I don't know how long he could keep doing that. that like it hurts me. He's just watching it. 
But um, I'm like, shouldn't he be like in the Olympics doing like the fucking <laughs> what, what's that high jump or something? Like, I mean, it's not wrestling, is it? Like, as impressive as it is, and I'm not trying to deny, I'm not trying to knock him. It is impressive that he can jump that high, but wrestling isn't about how high you can jump, is it? So, and that's the only thing I've, seen him do. I've, not, I've never seen him wrestle. So he's definitely like, some kind of like gymnast, isn't he? I don't know what I don't know what the actual event's called where you've got to like you know do all the flips from one corner to another one, but yeah, that's what he should be doing. That, that's his. That's his. Uh, well, it's yeah. ridiculous, as like you know, like being like good at breakdancing, so you try and incorporate breakdancing into your wrestling character. Like you wouldn't ever see. Okay, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, obviously. No, I get it. Like, but. I think there's a stark difference between the likes of Reginald and there is between the likes of... Uh, I was obviously trying to poke fun a little bit of Booker T there, but he was a legit wrestler. Uh, but look at Ricochet. Ricochet can do all that flippy shit. Ricochet, in one of his matches in NXT, did, did a very similar dive out of the ring to face somebody on the ramp, and it was like, whoa, where the fuck mm-hmm. did that come from? Um, and, you know, he can definitely clear the top ropes, and it looks impressive as fuck. But on top of that, he can go in the ring. So it's yeah. just a part of his character. Whereas the trouble they've got with Reginald, they've made absolutely nothing of him to the point that all he is is flips. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. I don't, honestly don't get him. I don't get why he's on my telly. I don't like him. Um, yeah, all around terrible. Not a fan. Um, speaking of things, not a fan of Anthony, Alexis Playgrounds. Um, and Eva Marie specifically, I just think, I don't know, they had something here, didn't they, with Alexa for a bit, um, especially when she's with The Fiend, and it just sucks now. It's really bad. Um, yeah. There's still some comedic elements to Alexa herself. Like, I must admit, I did chuckle a little bit when she did that. You're still here. Yay. Like, sarcastic thing to Eva, but yeah. even so, it's, it's a very small part of a very dull segment, if I'm honest. Yeah, even that, like, I, I used to still like the fact that from a character perspective, you know, it was still amusing and stuff, but even that now, it just, it's, it's done. Um, they've, they've actually beaten, they're beating a dead horse now at this point. It's, it's over in my opinion. There's, there's no coming back from it. The fact they've got a, in a segment with fucking, um, Eve Marie, really? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's done. It doesn't, it's not, this is the thing that I think they've lost because it's not in keeping with the character they've tried to build. I mean, you didn't see, the Firefly Funhouse featuring guests ever, mm. actually, except for Alexa. You saw um, Bray being friendly but somewhat undertone of menacing. And Alexa, they've tried to mirror the, the Bray stuff with Alexa's playground, but then she has guests like it's a moment of bliss. But then, realistically, in in kayfabe terms, like, who agrees to go on that? Like, yeah. she, can, she can manipulate things and make fire appear out of nowhere and is generally scary yeah let's go and talk to her and see what she has to say about exactly but also like who who would go on it like a a fundamental flaw with her stuff is where is alexa's playground you know it's been in the ring it's been other places is it just backstage like does she carry her own set around with it like you know at least at least can't think about that too much because the fiend the fiend stuff kind of got a little bit silly when you found out he was just like in a box backstage but but that that's my point is that before we found that out, and they'd done it so much to the point where it just got too silly, like you could, you know, believe it was in this inside, you know, his head and I, stuff no, like I, that. I loved, I loved when you couldn't find the funhouse. Yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. loved when it was like a manifestation almost of like, exactly, you know, where what's happening? Where is he? Why can't you get there? How yeah. do you get there? Whereas this, this should be the same for for her playground. It should be inside her head, but it's not. It's clearly set up somewhere, and it, it yeah, it, like to your point, she's got guests coming on. 
like what is it? It's a talk show. Like what? What is it? Yeah. I just yeah, not a fan. It's like um, a ridiculous amount of production value for a, a creepy person. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then, my final two, Anthony. Um, so Keith Lee has returned, and normally that would be a glowing highlight, and we would all be you know rejoicing that he's finally back. Except he came back and he lost. And now, don't get me wrong, he didn't get squashed or nothing. It was a good main event, but. Why bring him back to lose when he's been away for so long? Um, uh, but don't worry, we got that that tweet, didn't we? In a couple of weeks, he's going to tell us what 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 his story is. Eventually, probably, maybe. I'm pro- I might upset a lot of people with this, but like, just don't fucking tweet it until you can tell us, then, mate. Because you That's say this every month. It's like, like oh, soon. I've, I see this. I've I I always I, I I shouldn't but I always look at the comments when he puts these things up and you got so many people like oh don't you don't have to entertain anyone it's your business everyone should just mind their own business like you know what mate we were minding our own business until he yeah. put a fucking tweet up exactly like, like if he what? doesn't want people to know don't say fuck all he spent yeah. months going oh I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you eventually something's gone on I'm gonna I'm gonna speak I'm gonna talk and then people get so defensive over him like. Oh, it's your own business. Don't let people uh, think. Yeah, it's like I'm sure he gets messages. People asking if he's all right and all that. It's just creepy fans. I mean, they get messages whether they're on the screen or not. Let, let's be honest. Yeah, but, like um, you know, he don't, he's don't definitely for attention and then try and act like you don't want the attention. Piss he's off, he is definitely inundated with messages of people asking him where he is. What you know, why he's been gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt, right? And I could understand if he if he what just wanted to post stuff on Twitter, but felt like you know he needed to address things. So he could carry on, you know, posting like I can't tell you now. I'll tell you soon. And then next minute, you know, does a tweet about something else, you know, because he wants to be active on Twitter. That'd be cool. Yeah. But the fact is, he's not. He pops up with a fucking, oh, you know, a clickbaity fucking, you know. But that's thing. the thing. It's clickbait. This is like, to me, all he's doing is going, like, encouraging it because. That's the bit that like people I think are missing when they're like trying to go to, go at it like oh you don't know anyone anything he doesn't you're totally right but what he's doing is rather than you know trying to reduce the amount of people who are pestering him and asking him through DMs and stuff like he's that inviting it. what's happening he's encouraging it by going yeah. oh it's something there's there's definitely a story to be told and I'll tell you in my own way and all this kind of yeah. stuff. that is encouraging them to then pester you more. Remember, I mean, do you remember the one he did before this one? It was like, I'm trying to find the best way to, to do this for you. Like, I'm thinking about putting it in a PowerPoint presentation. Like, what the fuck? Like, seriously? Like, what the fuck is he even on about? Just it's, shut up until you've got something like, to say. He's, he's allowed everyone to build it up in their heads. That it's going to be something so limp anyway soon. Yeah, like, I just, I don't get it. But anyway, I wanted him to win on his return. I made up his back, but why bring somebody back to have them lose? And, you know... Let's just say we got a couple of days behind and the outlook isn't looking much better for him either, shall we say, um, for next week. So, yeah, we'll leave that there. And then my final oh shite, Karrion Cross brought up to the main roster without Scarlet, um, weirdly, um, and I'm not a big fan of that. But nah, you do a, you totally do a call up. up. They were fucking him up on NXT anyway. It's fucking up completely. My you man. do a call up of the NXT champion, the current reigning defending NXT champion. And you have him face a mystery opponent, which is Job Hardy. I mean, Jeff Hardy. Um, now, I don't think Hardy's won a match in about three months. And he comes, you know, out. He's got his, uh, his old music back with the lyrics. And he comes out doing this with his finger. Because, he, yeah, chopstick. get it? Um, and it's like, okay, cool. And Jeff Hardy beats him. And it's like, okay. 
So clearly, they've seen the crowds back and they've gone, Jeff's a legend. People love the old music. People love to see Jeff. Let's put him there. And we've got to give him the win because everyone loves Jeff. And it's all done for the audience that's there at the time. But they haven't like even been slightly aware of themselves that they've been booking him as a jobber for months. So it's just totally weird that the he's, problem, he's... The problem I have with it, though, is sorry. Tri- Triple H isn't there going, hey, Vince, I've got Carrie in here. I want to push him up to the main roster. Like Someone will have said, right, we need more roster depth. Let's bring Carrie and Cross up to then have him lose, right? And by all accounts as well, you know, spoiler... <laughs> Again, for, for next week, what we're going to talk about. But as we know, unfortunately, Jeff ended up getting COVID. Um, and so he got this win. And now he's not able to be there the following week to build on this. But if he was there, the plan was going to be that Jeff would beat him again. That's a solid plan, though. What? Um, what, a way anyway. to, what a way to build a guy. Anyway, um, so that was Raw. Um a lot of crazy shit that I don't necessarily agree with, but at the same time, some cool shit as well. Cena's back. Drew killed the guy. Nikki A.S.H. is your champion. So, them's be your main highlights. And for that reason, I'm going to give it a 2 out of 5. I think it was better than it has been. Um, still a lot of flaws with it, but you know some of those things that I mentioned there in terms of highlights were, were great. You know, It's a shame I couldn't give it a, a better score, but the rest of it just didn't warrant it, unfortunately. So... Yeah, some really good bits, but mostly still much of the same. So two out of five for me. I'd have to totally agree with the two, two out of five. There were some really good bits, but they were the scores brought down again by the really bad. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. Two, two out of five, definitely. Okay, okay, cool. You so ready for I'm that magic? Do NXT obey me? Go on. Oh, sorry, go on. Boom! Look at that. Damn. So Carl, NXT. As far as the card goes, we have uh, Bobby Fish going up against Kushida. No, we don't. I read that totally wrong. My bad. Let's start again. We had Bobby Fish and Kushida going up against Diamond Man. Thanks, notes. Uh, with Bobby Fish and Kushida taking the win. We saw Frankie Monet going up against a JC Jane with Frankie Monet taking the win. We saw Kyle O'Reilly going up against Austin Theory with Kyle O'Reilly taking the win. We had a segment of sorts with Legado del Fantasma ended up in a brawl with Hit Row. We saw Odyssey Jones going up against Andre Chase in the uh, a further match in the breakout tournament with Odyssey Jones taking the win. We saw LA Knights going up against Drake Maverick with Drake Maverick taking the win. We saw Raquel Gonzalez going up against Zaylee for the women's title with Raquel Gonzalez retaining the title and taking the win. And then we close the night out with a segment between Samoa Joe and Karrion Cross regarding, obviously, Joe wanting to kick Karrion Cross's ass. <laughs> yep. Told me all. And that was the card in brief calm. So highlights. Um first one I'm gonna call out would be the Samoa Joe and Carrion Cross stuff. I'm gonna still call it highlight Carl. I think some of this was dampened by the fact that if you watch all the shows, um Carrion Cross can't even beat Jeff Hardy, but he's like no one's gonna like the the whole thing was like he he beat the crap out of Regal and was saying to Samoa Joe basically he does what he wants. It's like unless what you want is to beat Jeff Hardy and then you don't. Um <laughs> and I think that undercut it a little bit, but I do like the fact that we seem to be building towards him versus Joe and I'm all for it. And I don't know. I think it was effective. They didn't need to have a match or anything like that. They just had a few segments where Joe was looking for him and then ultimately at the end of the night we see a beat up William Regal and Carrion Cross making his point. And this is getting to a point where it's like Obviously, Regal's going to give the nod to Joe, laying hands on him, and yes, let's do this. Looks good. I don't know how you feel about it, Carl, but 
Um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because um, it now leads me to believe with Karrion getting his call up to Raw that Samoa Joe is going to be the new champ. And I like Joe. Be an interesting I'm not sure how I feel about having him as your champ. Out of the, been out of the ring for that long to become champ would be really in, interesting. Yeah, I feel like if, the, if that call up is permanent, he can't have the title for much longer and work double shifts. So... Yeah, it seems like that would be the logical thing. But yeah, just be surprised with Joe as the champ at this stage because they've got a lot of guys down there who, you know, could potentially do with, um, you know, the rub of being the champion. But maybe it'll be Joe who gives him the rub. Hey, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sounded weird. But yeah. Um, so my next highlight, Carl, uh, is going to go to Legado del Fantasma and Hit Row, or more specifically, Santos Escobar and Isaiah Swerve, believe it or not. Uh, and that's because this segment, to me, just highlighted that, um, you know what, I'm all for this feud, actually. I think this is a good place for the pair of them to be in. Uh, I think the pair of them are selling both factions feuding. Um, and to be honest, I don't know how you felt about it, but this even felt like a little bit of a um, hit towards um, Symphony of Destruction type things. Because they started out with like a, like a bit of a music segment going on and um Legado del Fantasma. I think they had like mariachis or something like that. And then Santos Escobar was like, nah, they're not gonna do that kind of bullshit. And it's like, that's interesting because it just I don't know, it just felt like a little bit of a nod. I don't know if they're making a nod to their own product, but uh, I don't know, it just felt like a little bit of a fun nod. Um but ultimately leading to this this nice little brawl we have between the two factions. There's definitely going to be some multi man matches there, but I think um to, if they get me to a point that I'm looking forward to seeing Isaiah Swerve in a match then they're doing the right thing. <laughs> Yeah, not much else to say. I was going to make a bad pun of um, if you put an S in front of Hit Row, you've got my exact opinion on what, uh, <laughs> what I think about them. <laughs> but I kid, I kid. Um, no, they're all right, to be fair. And yet, to your point, I don't really care about Swerve. Um, but at least it's something different, I guess. Um, this little I faction would, um, up to. Do you know what I think is really helpful to Hit Row as a faction? Mm. Diamond Man. Because okay. Diamond Man are so bad and they're being booked so bad that it makes me appreciate Hit Row. This makes them look half decent. I like that. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. just because it's like like Diamond Mine this week, for instance, they where were they involved? Uh, Bobby Fish and Kushida going up against Diamond Mine. And Fish and Kushida got the win. And we have not even built up enough of a feud yet for it to even matter. So they're already taking losses. The crowd were booing them last week, and now we've got Kushida getting his vengeance within a week. And no one even knew they were fucking feuding. <laughs> How quickly they've squashed this shit. They should not have given them the win. And it's like, when they're fucking up Diamond Man as they are, it just makes you go, you know what, at least we've got Legado Del Fantasma and Hit Row. <laughs> so okay. they'll do. That's I like fine. that. I like that logic. Uh, and the only O shites I've got, Carl, if I'm honest, are we had essentially two quick squashes this week where I think they weren't deserved. And I know I hate them all about squash matches because sometimes they're merited and sometimes they're not. And I feel like I complain about them way too much. But here we are. Um, the first one is uh, Frankie Monet's match. I feel like, obviously, she was going up against uh, JC Jane, I believe it was, um, relatively unknown talent. You kind of know what's going to happen there. But sadly, we're getting to a point now where it's like, I kind of want to see her in a significant match. We see her come out, we see her dominate someone who you barely know. And I know she's a you know she's a good wrestler. I think they're trying to connect her with the Robert Stone brand as successful as that's been all, all, all the years. Um, but... I need to see it in a match against either against someone we well not even it can still be against another talent who we don't really know just a match that actually showcases her ability I mm. think 
Um, and the same goes for the breakout tournaments. And I know what the breakout tournament is designed to do. But we had Odyssey Jones and Andre Chase going up against each other. And Odyssey Jones took the win. And weirdly, I wouldn't, I, I, this is not necessarily squashy, but it was kind of weirdly set because Andre Chase got more offense in. It was still a really short match. And the guy who won wasn't the one I got to see anything of. So it was like, well, even that is like, we've got time to fix it because he's going forward in the tournament. But like, I don't, I don't get it. Why would you book it like that? So I just need to complain about those two relatively quick matches that just felt a little bit wrong. Mm. Okay. Otherwise, though, no issues this week. I'm not even moaning about Cameron Grimes this week. What the hell? I've just got used to him. He's just he's white noise. He's not a highlight either, you know. Um, Score-wise, I'd probably say two and a half. Middle of the road. There's not a fantastic deal of highlights there for me. But it wasn't a bad show by any means. So I'm going to say two and a half, strictly straight down the middle. Okay, I can't give it that. Um, it's a tough one, really, you can't because. can't give it more than Raw. No. Um, but it was better than Raw. No. It fucking was. Give <laughs> it a 2.1. No. I'm going to have to give it the same. I think um, it didn't do enough in a two hour show to deserve more, in my opinion. Like, if Raw. What if be... I told you, right, for a long time now, NXT has been a show that doesn't really focus on story, it focuses on, on wrestling, right? And they're actually attempting to do some story work. I mean, let's appreciate the fact that as shit as LA Knight and Cameron Grimes stuff is, and I really don't like it, some people do, but I think it's shite. I don't like it. Um, they're trying to do some storytelling. They're trying to do some storytelling with uh, Carrie and Cross and Samoa Joe, and they're trying to do some storytelling with um, Legado del Fantasma and Hit Row. So, can we not, as a, as a reward to them, Carl, can you not give them half a point? As a reward, I'm upgrading them from a 1.5 to a 2. Um, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. Yeah, I just think um, I'm just not invested in any of it, which, which is the problem. Like I, To your point, I get what they're trying to do, but I don't care about Drake and Grimes. I don't really care about fucking, you know, shit row and fucking Legado del who gives a fuck. And, you know, Joe and Cross, that to me is like, okay, cool, yeah. I'd want to see it if Carrion hadn't already been brought up to the main roster. And now I can just see it as like a way to get the belt off him. So it just all feels a bit underwhelming uh, for me, unfortunately. Yeah, so, okay. So yeah, get to two. I'll On par it. with Raw, but yeah, it should be higher for a two-hour two show. Fuck off then. <laughs> so let's talk about Fighter Fest Night 2. They uh, on AEW Dynamite, the card. So we got Labour 1. Of the five labors of Jericho as Chris Jericho. That's right. Jericho's a labor. <laughs> MJF made that joke, it was quite funny. Uh, you made it and you just fucking rip off. Uh, a kid, a kid. Well, no, does it help if I tell you that I didn't know MJF made that joke? It does. Uh, so it's one of my highlights, but I'll say it now, I'm just talking about it. Is MJF said, Welcome to the labors of Jericho. Not to be confused with Jericho being in labor, though. If you look at his physique, I understand why you may be confused. Uh, <laughs> That's so, fucking savage. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll let you off because you're just as funny as MJF. So there you go. Um, but yeah, we got just Jericho arrogant. versus Sean Spears. Uh, the stipulation was Spears could use a chair if he wanted, whereas Jericho couldn't because Spears is the chairman. <laughs> of course um, he is. And shock Jericho managed to make it past Labour One. Would have been pretty underwhelming if he had five Labours. Uh, I'll be honest. I've been pretty disappointed if he couldn't beat Sean Spears even with a chair. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so we had that. We then had Doc Gallows versus Frankie Kazarian. For some reason, uh, Gallows won. 
We had sure. a Kenny Omega promo uh, with Cowboy uh, interrupting, and then we kind of led to a Dark Order versus the Elite Little Scuffle. We had Darby Allen versus Wheeler Utah with Darby picking up the win. We had the AEW women's title on the line as Britt Baker defended against Nyla Rose. Broken wrist and all, she managed to retain. We then got a conference of FTR versus Santana and Ortiz, kind of hyping their upcoming match. Uh, Andrade El Idolo finally uh, unveiled his announcement is that his new executive consultant is none other than Chavo Guerrero. Um, and we also had a bit of a back and forth between um, kind of Chavo, uh, Andrade and Death Triangle. Um, so that was quite interesting. We then had Orange Cassidy taking on the blade again for some reason. Uh, with Cassidy picking up the win. Jericho. Uh, oh, well, I, I forgot, forgot to mention this. Basically, after the Labour's Jericho uh, match, MJF uh, revealed Labour 2 was actually going to be Jericho versus Nick Gage uh, this week on uh, Dynamite coming up. Um, so Jericho reveals that in order to get into the right psyche for Nick Gage, he's going to be the pain maker next week. So he's bringing back that gimmick for this match. And then the main event sure. of the evening, I know, the main event of the evening saw the IWGP US heavyweight title on the line as John Moxley defended against Lance Archer. And Archer picked up the win. We had a new champ to round off the show in what was a pretty Some gruesome crazy match. Crazy shit right there. To be fair. Um, so, highlights. Uh, I've already said it. MJF on commentary. Thought he was good. Had a couple of good zingers and was pretty savage about uh, Jericho. The next highlight, Nick Gage. Well, shit. Um, I am terrified for Chris Jericho. I think this gets a highlight for a couple of reasons. One... I just expected the Labors of Jericho to be different Pinnacle members. Um, so I was surprised to see not only was it not just that, but also it was somebody who I would never have expected. Um, and I also, do wonder. It's a good thing, don't be wrong. I'm looking forward to it. Scary, but I'm looking forward to it. But do you, do you wonder if maybe the this is like a Jericho reaction to people saying that the, the cage spot where he landed on the cardboard was soft? <laughs> He's trying to prove how hardcore he is. Maybe. Let's see if uh, you know he tries to jab him with a rubber dagger this week i'm, I'm legit um, scared there's gonna be like there's gonna be like a like a bit of a worrying incident in this i feel okay. like just because i think jericho's mentality is going to be set to be like let's show something hardcore here and every, i think they're both going to go into that mindset that it's it's uh, it's going to be grim every time i've seen nick gage somebody has had some kind of accident or injury like that could have been very severe so yeah i uh, i do worry for jericho to be fair but yeah, look, I I don't know how to feel about the Painmaker stuff. I didn't put it as a no-shite, but at the same time, it felt a little bit hokey, I'm not going to lie, when he kind of just had his back to the camera and they were getting interviewed and he turned around and was like, ah. I was like the Painmaker. <laughs> and it's like, okay, someone give him like, some fucking, <laughs> like give him a mint or something. He was just like, um so yeah that happened but yeah i was i was blown away by this uh, obviously he's not like a major name or nothing but for a shock value and especially for labor two of jericho like i think he legit might die so yeah it's oh, yeah. pretty i think this hit you harder because you'd literally been watching dark side of the ring and you know yeah. a lot about nick gage at this point um i was a bit like okay this guy then um, yeah. i've had to educate myself and i'm sure yeah. a lot of people have been in my boat and a lot of people have been in yours but i had to educate myself on who he was if i'm honest 
Yeah, which I think is, yeah, um, unsurprising, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, he's not like a major name or anything, but at the same time, it's like, okay, this is exciting for Labour too. It's not just all Pinnacle members. So, As yeah. you say, it's bringing in different people and it's doing different things, so you can't really, can't knock it, can you? Defo. Um The next highlight, I'm just still really big on the, the Hangman and, and Omega feud, to be honest. It hasn't become stale yet, um, but at the same time, there's only so many of these things they can do where it's like, Oh, well, you're saying stuff, and then I'm going to come out, and then it's Dark Order and the Elite. Ooh. So it's still, it hasn't become stale. I can see it getting stale, so they need to change it up a little bit. But I'm still super hyped to see these two face off. Obviously, All Out isn't going to take place until September, which is when I'm assuming they're saving this for. So, yeah, they need to just watch what they're doing with it because you don't want to kind of burn out too soon with a feud that has got the potential to be white hot. So. One to watch. Um, Darby versus Utah. Um, I have no idea who Utah is, but he was good against Sammy last week, and he was good again this week. Um, Darby's just, <coughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Um, no, Darby is just—he's brilliant. You know, um, yeah. I just—I just continue to be impressed with him. I think some of the stuff he did with Sting kind of took away a little bit. To be honest, I think I was super impressed with him when I first got into AEW and then he kind of had the TNT title stuff and it was a little bit like, okay, then he had the stuff with Sting and like the cinematic matches and things were cool. But then a lot of the time it was like, he's got his, he's got his dad with him who wears face paint too. You know what I mean? That was kind of the vibes I was getting. <laughs> and now it's kind of, it's kind of like, it's back to just, you know, Darby being awesome to be fair. But Sting was there and there was that moment. Have you seen it with, um, him yeah, and Orange Cassidy? Kicks. Now some yeah. people hated this. I loved it. I know it's stupid. I think if you if you already hate Cassidy's whole shtick, then mm. you hate this bit. You know, if you like what Cassidy's about, then you'll enjoy this. Yeah, I just I think it. you know, props to Sting as well. Like he doesn't need to be doing this shit, and he's just even the bit where at the end he was just like, like I, I don't know. I just yeah, I literally I lost think it. When laughing. you consider this man, he can't really do a lot in the ring now at his age. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, well, let's have some fun with it because people always over-exaggerate because like, oh my God, these kicks, how are they, they still standing and stuff like that? People always do that with Cassidy stuff. And it's like a, it's a low energy way of having Sting participate, isn't it? And I think, yeah. um, I think it was, I, I, I enjoyed it, but I enjoy Cassidy's sort of possum play and approach to things anyway with that. As, as goofy as it is, it's, it does a place for it, I think. Yeah, me too. Um, so that was good. Um, next highlights. I'm happy that Brit retained, um, the match did feel a little bit slow and sluggish in comparison to some of the other matches she's had. Um, but I thought the finish of the match was really, really good. And I like the fact that there was a lot of near falls as well, which was, um, you know, there was a few times there where I think even the fans were worked into thinking, oh shit, she's lost or, okay, this is going to be the, the win, you know, that kind of thing. So I thought all in all it was okay, but yeah, pacing, it did feel a little bit slow. Um, and the main event, you've got to hand it to the two guys, you know, not quite G- <laughs> uh GCW level of uh, brutal, but it was pretty fucking brutal. Um, so, oh, yeah, yeah. Hell of a match. And a shock win for Archer. Wasn't expecting that at all. So I know he's obviously the hometown no, I guy. Think, but... um, I like how AEW's getting to that point because I honestly, whenever I see a title like that, and I know it's not an AEW title, I always think the chances are a lot less that it's going to change hands. Mm. But they've, they've had to, I've had to change my mentality on that because they're, they're not afraid to do that. Well, exactly. Yeah. You know, we've seen it before, haven't we? Um, a couple well, of times. We've the NWA women's title change hands on here as well. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I just I don't know why I just wasn't expecting it. But uh, what are your thoughts? So obviously Archer won, which means next week 
on Dynamite, he's going to face um, Hikaleo, who's obviously uh, he's obviously related to Tamatonga. I think he's Haku's son, isn't he? Um, yes. He's in the Bullet Club anyway, but he's like big, tall bastard. He's taller than Archer. Um, yeah, no, sorry, I'm just I'm trying to remember because Tamatonga is like he's he's seen of as as like a son, isn't he? But he's actually like a cousin or something. So I always get confused about the lineage. That's all. Yeah, sorry, he's oh. some, somewhat involved. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Hikaleu is uh, Haku's son um, or Meng, as you might know in the WCW. So um, but yeah, he's fucking oh, huge bastard, as anyone yeah. might know. Yeah, crazy psychopathic. Uh, Fucking, yeah, tough ass. Um, so, yeah, so uh, that's looking like quite a good mirror match. You know, I'm a fan of the mirror matches. So, yeah, I didn't mind the result in that instance. In terms of the O'Shites, um, just two mainly. And it's just more that there was two matches that just felt like just didn't need to be on the card. So, Doc Gallows versus Frankie Kazarian. It was very meh. I've not been a big fan of um, Kaz's kind of the elite hunter character where he's trying to seek vengeance on Christopher Daniels. Like, it sounds like it would work. What? I but like that they're trying to do something, but like you say, it's not. I don't think it's landing very well at this point. No, like it made still it, time. Yeah, on paper it was like cool, but I mean, I don't even know if there is. I kind of feel like it's just it's it's over now before it's begun because he's just been absolutely fucking obliterated, and the elite were just completely on top. So unless he, you know, gets some other reinforcements when uh, yeah, the elite are already by himself, it's not really going to work, is it? No, so. and the elite are already feuding with Dark Order with like other stuff. So yeah, it just kind of feels like it was something that sounded good on paper. Yeah. yeah, hasn't really come off. Um, another one was just Orange Cassidy versus The Blade. Like, again, just why did we need to see it? Um, you know, I'm not that- going all Vince McMahon on you where I'm saying every match that we see has to mean something and have some kind of, you know, reason for it to happen as such. Like, it is cool to sometimes just have matches. But why? This kind of felt like something that would be on Dark, maybe. Um, yeah, so, it was surprised. a bit of time filler, wasn't it, more than anything? Yeah, I just thought it would have been... Um, I don't know. I feel like Orange Cassidy should be more high profile than he is, considering the stuff he has been doing. I feel like he has very high peaks and like very low troughs. Um, I think that, I do think they can like they don't really know what to do with him. Like they'll have moments of brilliance, but I don't think overall they really know what to do with Cassidy. I'll be honest. No, I feel like he. I don't know. He's he's definitely nowhere near the main title scene, which is weird considering that's where they've been booking him. I think something with the. TNT title would make sense, but then the stuff that Miro's already had with best friends, you can't really put him in the picture right now because it'll just feel repetitive. So No. Yeah. And he doesn't, like, as a match, it doesn't really work with him and Miro for me. No, I think Miro wouldn't even whoever, give him a chance to do the... Whoever, <laughs> it could be a good shout down the line for whoever Miro drops the title to eventually, mm. but um, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd ever want to see those two up against each other. Yeah, just, I just don't think it'd work, the two. Like, you know, no. Miro's no, no bullshit, isn't he? So... Um, yeah, but anyway, that was the show. Um, I don't think it was as good as last week's. Uh, so night one of uh, was it Fight Fest? That's what it's called, right? Fight Fest. Yeah, it was yeah. night one. Yeah. Um, get confused with Fight of the Fallen then for some reason. But yeah, it wasn't as good as night one. Um, so I'm going to give it a three and a half. Um, still a really strong show. Mostly highlights for me all round. Um, just with a couple of matches that didn't really need to happen. But yeah, yeah, the main event was fantastic. Um, and there was some other uh, stuff in there as well, like Derby um, and some of the promo work and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a three and a half. Um, uh, I'm going to give it a three to get me okay. half a point back that you wouldn't give NXT. Mm, fine, take it. You need fine. it. You show ah. shit. 
<laughs> so the final piece no, of magic as we move into the final show Anthony you ready ready uh, boom dynamite so Carl oh, Smackdown Smackdown as far as the card goes <laughs> we had Cena opening the show as uh, as we like to do because he's back now so let's let's do that uh, we saw Finn Balor going up against Sami Zayn with Finn Balor taking the win we saw Angelo Dawkins going up against Chad Gable with obviously respective tag partners at their side with Angelo Dawkins taking the win. We saw Bianca Belair go up against Carmella in a women's title match with Bianca Belair taking the win. We saw a promo of sorts between Edge and Seth Rollins. We saw a debuting Tony Storm go up against Selena Vega and Tony Storm took the win. We saw Dominic Mysterio go up against Jimmy Uso and realistically Jimmy Uso took the win. And then we saw another promo with Romans and Z- Romans. Cena and Roman Reigns. So that was the card. Not too long a card. But um, you know what? Not too bad a week at all. So first highlight I want to give, Carl, is uh, the stuff between Roman and Cena. So Roman doing what Roman does. Cena comes out at the beginning of the night, wants the challenge. And uh, we get Paul Heyman coming out. You'll get an answer when Roman's ready. He's not coming out to see uh, Go Fuck Yourself. All the usual stuff we get. We've seen it before with Roman, but it's in keeping with his character. Um, and then we get to see a little bit of Heyman, which I always like with his attitude. It's boss. <laughs> and then we get to the end of the night. Obviously, we uh, we have Roman's decision. And what does Roman decide? No, Cena doesn't deserve a title. Cutting one of the best promos he's cut in a while, actually. Uh, to the point that WWE actually cut out one of his lines that I think people loved a lot was about uh, John Cena. Like, he's basically... He's that commonplace in WWE. I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember it exactly. It's that commonplace in WWE now. He's, he's the equivalent of the missionary position. Um, and WWE sought to cut that line out, but it was actually a belter, so it's a shame that. But um, a re- really good work between the two, and he refused to accept his challenge because basically he's not on his level. Um, but then Finn Balor decides he wants to get involved, and he comes out, and Roman accepts Finn Balor's challenge. So we're going to get a match between Finn and Roman before we get a match between Cena and Roman. Um, I'm going to call it highlights for the work they've done between them and the obvious point that we're going to get to a Cena-Roman match. But you know when there's that, because of the way they booked Brian and Edge, I'm Mm. like, are we really going to get another fucking triple threat with someone I don't want involved in a match with two people who I do want to see in a match? Because that's what I got out of Brian. Brian was in a match that I didn't want him in. It just and then it took ages to get Edge Roman, and I feel like we're just doing that same thing again with different people. Yeah, it's the only really, gripe I've got with it. I don't really get the logic of it. Like, obviously, they've just brought Finn back up, um, and that's cool. But it's just like if Roman is right in the middle of doing a program with Cena, why now get Balor involved and be like, "Well, I want to fight you." And it's like well, this is the thing that that's why it parallels so weirdly to Daniel Bryan because Daniel Bryan had fuck all to do with the Edge Roman stuff, and he just come out one day and was like, "Well, I could be in the title scene." Yeah. they've done exactly the same bastard thing uh, sorry I'm trying not, it's a good it's a highlight highlight <laughs> highlight but it has echoes of that and I don't, really, I don't want Balor in there just yet I'll be honest mm-hmm. whatever it's all good um, and Edge and Seth totally looking forward to this as a match Seth is brutal as fuck in his promo and very fucking cutting uh, just straight savage really and couldn't enjoy him more if I'm honest with you, and mm-hmm. are you looking forward to this match? Because this must be a oh god, yeah, match for you. I I can't wait oh. for this. I I said it when Edge came back. I would love to see these two. This and is what we want. It's yeah. exactly what we're getting. Um, and it's bringing the best out of Rollins on the mic. 
Um, we know Edge is phenomenal on the mic already anyway. Um, and yeah, it's just a match stylistically that makes so much sense. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, totally looking forward to that. Got to be a highlight. Anytime them two interact, it's a highlight for, mm-hmm. for now on, okay? Um, oh, shite, Carl. I, I'll i only touch on this because I basically moaned about it a second ago. <laughs> as much as Cena and Roman were a highlight, Ballard in a tight scene and it likely ended up in a triple threat exactly the same way it happened last time just it's not a win for me that and I really hope it doesn't go that way um, the other oh shite I've got Selena Vega uh, basically taking another loss so she's made a return to WWE for obviously a substantial paycheck because she's bought mm-hmm. a new house and no longer cares about unionisation <laughs> kidding kidding um, but she's just taken a little loss again I feel like a, a character is now unusually directionless when she's been so fucking good during the pandemic era it's just a shame to see that like it's just here to job out to people now mm. so no long term plan so far it would seem um, no. my last Oshai Carl is uh, the IC title scene didn't mention it during the card but we at some point had everyone just sort of turn up in the ring and have a bit of a brawl and um, it just shows you how shit the all they successfully did was show you how shit the IC title scene is because they got everyone who's involved in that scene out without any real motivation, by the way. And you look at all the components and go, yeah, I really don't care who's got this belt. Like, it's just shit. It's just like, we are, oh, Shinsuke's there, Baron's there. You know, it's a, and it, that's the thing because we still had the sad sack Baron stuff. That was kind of pointless too. But overall, I'm just a bit disappointed with the IC title scene at the minute, looking at all the people involved. And apparently, like, Big E's still in there, even though he's got the money in the bank briefcase, so why would he even care? But he was in the brawl. I, I don't even know. Yeah. I, Unless um... they're going to do what I've always said they might do with the IC title, or with a, a another title, is, um, is are they going to make Big E cash in just to get his IC title back? I mean, it'd be pretty you silly if he does. cash in for the world title, do you? It it's makes true. sense to cash in for the world title, but you don't have to. Yeah. No, I mean, it'd be, it'd be different, wouldn't it? But, yeah, it, it wouldn't make it's sense different, to do Different, but it'd so. be fucking stupid, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think I, to to Raw now. I am a lover of the IC title. I think everybody will know. Um, but, yeah, I'm just, just disappointed where it is, how it's ended up. It's a shame because they want to throw Balor straight at the main title picture when we don't need him there, let's be honest. And he could have been a good shot on the arm. And maybe even a good boost for Apollo. It's Apollo who's got it right now, I think. Um, it could he could have been great in that scene. He could have mm. actually done some wonders for it. But yeah. they, they, because they've, he's, he's this legacy in NXT, they want to put him straight in the main title scene. It's weird. Yeah. That's what I don't understand. Is you know the, the it's weird they bring people up or back to the main rosters, and it goes one of two ways. And it's like Bala, they brought him back and directly forced him into the main event scene straight away. You've got Carrie and they bring up and have him job out to Jeff Hardy. Zelina's yeah. come back and she hasn't won a match yet. Do you know what I mean? It's like, what? what, what That's what's... a weird parallel between him and Carrie. And actually, Carrie yeah. is current NXT champion and beat Balor. Yeah. And can't beat Jeff Hardy. And yeah. then Balor just comes up and he's like, I'm going to take on Roman Reigns because fuck you, I'm Balor. Yeah. Like... Weird parallel there. Yeah. Mm. So, um,. So yeah, that's uh, that's my last Oshai cards. Just the IT title scene is not great, and it's a shame because they could have done something with it, and hopefully they will. But right now, I'm not not particularly enamoured with anyone getting the title. Uh, rating wise, uh, I hate to say I'm probably going to go middle of the road again. There's some enjoyable elements to it, um, but probably going to be two and a half for me. Um, I have to agree. I think it was the best WWE show of the week. Um, 
But yeah, it did have its problems as well, so it doesn't deserve to get any more than middle of the road, unfortunately. So two and a half from me. And there you have it. That's this week in wrestling. It is another week in the can. Another week. Yeah, in the can, where it belongs. Cans. Yeah. Um, yeah, we obviously we spoke about Eddie Guerrero um, and gave our thoughts on him and his career. We gave you all the latest news and rumours and we've updated you with all the goings on in the world of wrestling over the past week. So we'll be back this time next week with more fun-filled shenanigans for you. Um, as always, we're nearly at 10k on TikTok now, so if you don't follow us on there, get over there. What are you doing? Go and follow. Um <laughs> You've not got TikTok, don't worry, we're everywhere else as well, so go and follow us there. Um, I'm not going to do the whole, you know, eh, want more videos like this, uh, hit the little notification bell. Like, if, if you want to watch us, and watch us. Um, but, you know, don't need yeah. to, like, turn on notifications, that's just yeah, a bit extreme. you don't want to see, like, us popping up on your phone every five minutes, don't worry that's about that, that shit. That's fucking annoying, that shit. Uh, we don't want to yeah. be that, we don't want to do that to you. Um, but, yeah, you know, feel free to subscribe, you know, we won't pester you that oh, way. Oh, means, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's it. Another week. We'll bid you a farewell and we'll see you maybe this time next week. Maybe maybe on time next week. Who knows? Um, Who knows? But some point next week, we'll be here. And until then, goodbye. Goodbye. You're watching or listening to A to the K. A to the K. A to the K. A to the K. Who? The K. A to the K. These guys are awesome. Check it out. Check it out. Change your life. You'll be thanking me later.